Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to episode 104 of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all earn an Xbox-related fun fact together. This show is on YouTube and podcast services around the world, so please subscribe on your favorite and leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. The big game out last week was Knockout City, and the games coming out this week include Bio Mutant, King of Seas, Capcom Arcade Stadium, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid Super Edition, Minecraft Dungeons Hidden Depths, Wrecked High Octane Stunts, Mutazoin, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Stormground, MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries, Song of Horror, Eagle Island Twist, Tranga Unlimited, Long Ago A Puzzle Tale, Crossball Crusade, Eight Dragons, and Super Arcade Soccer 2021. A bunch of new games are now available and coming soon to Xbox Game Pass. Available now, you can play SnowRunner on Cloud Console and PC, Peggle 2 on Cloud, Plants for Zombies Battle for Neighborville on Cloud, Secret Neighbor on PC, The Catch, Carp and Course Fishing on Cloud Console and PC, The Wild at Heart on Console and PC, Knockout City on Console and PC, Maneater on May 25th, you can play on Cloud Console and PC, Conan Exiles on May 27th, you can play on Cloud and Console. Fusion Frenzy in the Cloud on May 27th. Joyride Turbo on the Cloud on May 27th. Mech Warrior 5 Mercenaries on Console May 27th. Slime Rancher on PC May 27th. Solasta Cross to the Magister on PC May 27th. And Spell Force 3 Soul Harvest PC May 27th. In addition, more cloud-enabled games with Xbox Touch controls have been announced. They include the following. Banjo-Tooie, Call of the Sea, Genesis Noir, Narita Boy, Nier Automata, Become as Gods Edition, Rain on Your Parade, and Two Point Hospital. Wow. More and more for Xbox Game Pass. Now into last week's biggest news stories, and we have six to cover this week. Number one, Starfield is nowhere near done and won't launch in 2021, says Jason Schreier. Sean Carrier True Achievements writes, A rumor has been doing the rounds on the internet again, suggesting that Bethesda Starfield will launch in 2021. Now several journalists have stepped forward to debunk the claim saying the sci-fi RPG is still in development. The rumor from YouTuber Luke Stevens suggested that Starfield was actually finished in September of last year and that Bethesda had spent a year polishing and refining a next-gen port of the game. Bloomberg reporter Jason Schreier quoted Stevens' tweet saying, quote, Rumors like this keep floating around, but Starfield is nowhere near done, according to several people familiar with development, end quote. Schreier then confirmed that Starfield would be at Microsoft E3 press conference this year, but, quote, the planned release date I've heard is way later than most people expect, end quote. The Verge's Tom Warren chimed in to confirm Schreier's claim along with Game Informer's associate editor, Liana Rupert. Schreier goes on to say in a follow-up tweet that Bethesda will tease a late 2022 release date for Starfield at E3. VentureBeat journalist Jeff Grubb recently went on a limb to claim that Starfield is exclusive to Xbox and PC, something that was already assumed by many but hasn't been outrightly confirmed by Microsoft itself. It seems like if you pay attention to the games industry like I do, you can't go a day without seeing something about Starfield. I can't wait till we actually see this game at E3, and whenever it does release, I'm fine with. 2021 is going to be the big year for Halo Infinite, let's focus on that, deliver a great game there, and ideally I'd love to see Starfield early in Q1 2022, but let's see that game when it's actually done. Number 2. Overwatch 2 shrinks PvP teams to 5 players instead of 6. Matt Kim at IGN writes, Today Blizzard shared a major update for Overwatch 2, including one major change coming to the PvP experience. In Overwatch 2, PvP will be a 5v5 experience instead of the current 6v6 team size. The team comp will now comprise two damage classes, two support classes, and one tank instead of two. 
Overwatch director Aaron Keller says the change will remove help clean up the combat and create a more fluid gameplay style. Furthermore, without the defense provided by a second tank, players are likely to use the environment more and play more strategically and aggressively. And since Overwatch and Overwatch 2 will have parity, this means PvP teams will shrink to 5 for both versions when Overwatch 2 comes out. Blizzard says that the change to 5v5 will update Overwatch's classic roles. Starting with the sequel, tanks will change significantly and become more frontline brawlers than stationary shields. In addition, each role will get a passive role bonus that will complement each hero's unique ability. This seems like a cool update as someone who's not deep into the Overwatch community. I appreciate the game and like it for what it was, it just never caught me twice as wanting to come back every night and play. Excited to see number 2 though, and check it out with my friends when it comes out. Number 3, WB Games set the split after Discovery Merger. Kess Eiler Stevenson at True Achievements writes, AT&T announced that Warner Media and Discovery will be merging into one organization. The implications for the gaming arm, WB Games, or Warner Bros. Interactive Entertainment could be very interesting indeed. Axios Gaming picked up a statement from a spokesperson for the deal. Quote, some of the gaming arm will stay with AT&T and some will go with the new company. End quote. Further details are yet to be announced. WB Games has the perfect mix of both talented studios and very valuable IP. Rock City has had a monopoly on good Batman games since its release of Batman Arkham Asylum in 2009. Rock City's current project is the intriguing Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Portkey Games is working on the fantastic-looking Hogwarts Legacy, having already blitzed through the mobile market with the new Harry Potter IP. Avalanche Software was on Disney Infinity Duty, the failed Twice to Life trilogy, but is now supporting Hogwarts Legacy development. Monolith Productions is most likely currently working on a third game to complete a trilogy of its well-received Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor and Middle-Earth Shadow of War games. NetherRealm Studios is a fighting game force all to its own, juggling both the Injustice and Mortal Kombat series in perpetuity. Traveler's Tale, or TT, has been churning out LEGO games since around mid-2000s, making use of the Harry Potter, Star Wars, DC, Marvel, and Lord of the Rings IP along the way. That is undoubtedly a bingo of brands. WB Games also has several namesake studios based in various cities. W Games Montreal is the biggest, having made the prequel game Batman Arkham Origins. It is now working on Gotham Knights, the co-op RPG light game that really looks like a sequel to Batman Arkham Trilogy, but isn't. The rest are support or mobile developers. WB Games Boston, a mobile dev, WB Games New York Behind the Scenes Tech, and WB Games San Diego, new free-to-play focus studio, and WB Games San Francisco, a mobile and support dev. Obviously, this is huge given the significant number of studios, valued IP, and more. I can't wait to see what happens with all these companies, and obviously I hope that Microsoft and Xbox can gobble up some of these because then they'll just be more valuable with the power of Xbox Game Pass. Number 4. Destiny 2 Crossplay Beta coming next week. Liam Wiseman at IGN writes, If you've been patiently waiting for Destiny 2 to finally receive crossplay, you'll be glad to know that we're one step closer to that happening. Developer Bungie has announced a crossplay beta consisting of unique Vanguard strikes will be available from the 25th to the 27th of May on its weekly blog. While this isn't a full-on crossplay drop, it does suggest that the long-awaited feature is still on track to be rolling out later this year. Bungie will use the data it receives back from this beta to continue its development of the Destiny 2 crossplay, polishing it up for its eventual release. The beta will be open, meaning anyone that plays the game on any of the game-supported platforms, PlayStation, Xbox, Steam, and Stadia, will be able to join in on the crossplay beta. Perhaps the coolest thing about the beta test for fans is that anyone who takes part and completes three Vanguard strikes will receive an exclusive star-crossed emblem as a result. However, this is very much a beta test, and therefore not all of the features of crossplay will be available during the beta period. Unfortunately, players won't be able to add friends or form fire teams in the beta, though this will be available when the full crossplay update is released. 
Any step forward towards Destiny crossplay is huge for me and my friends when we eventually all get back into the game. I have a friend that really likes to play on PC and I like having the freedom of playing on console or PC, but I primarily love to play Destiny on my console. I know how many opportunities and games like this that require massive amounts of players only helps build up parties and keep the game going for years to come. Number 5. Square Enix calls Outriders its next big franchise as it reaches 3.5 million unique players. Matt Wales at Eurogamer writes, Developer People Can Fly's co-op focused looter shooter Outriders received a bit of a mixed critical reception at launch, but publisher Square Enix seems pretty happy with the public response, saying the game is, quote, poised to be the company's next big franchise, end quote, after 3.5 million unique players flocked to the experience in its first month. Things didn't exactly start off smoothly for Outriders when it launched on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC at the start of April, of course, with server woes leaving many players unable to access the game for almost three days. Despite those early wobbles, Square now says Outriders has seen over 3.5 million unique players since launch, amassing an, quote, average playtime of over 30 hours, end quote, end quote, extremely high engagement for cooperative play, end quote. At least some of its success can probably be attributed to its day one launch on Xbox Game Pass, but regardless, Square says Outriders is now on track to become the company's next major franchise, suggesting more installments could eventually be on the way. Not bad for a game many had written off early after some rather underwhelming reveals. I'm one of those from that last sentence. When I first saw early reveals of this game, I thought, wow, this is just a Destiny clone and copy, but it seemed a lot of people really enjoy this game. I'm excited to give this game a chance this summer when I have more time, and more competition in the space is good. Number 6. Mass Effect Legendary Edition Project Director says Mass Effect 3's multiplayer could return. Adam Bankhurst at IGN writes, Mass Effect Legendary Edition Project Director Matt Walters has confirmed that Mass Effect 3's multiplayer could be added to the collection in the future if the demand is great enough. In an interview with CNET, Walters said that he would never, quote, say no, end quote, to Mass Effect 3's multiplayer making a return after its omission in the Legendary Edition. Quote, I would never say no to that. We want to see what kind of reception the Legendary Edition gets and what the demand for the multiplayer is. And then we'll ask ourselves if we have the resources and time to bring it up to the quality level we and the fans want, end quote, Walters said. In our interview with Walters prior to release, he mentioned that the decision to leave Mass Effect 3's multiplayer out of the Legendary Edition came to knowing where to draw the line. Mass Effect 3's multiplayer was a co-op experience that allowed players to team up to take on Reapers, Cerberus, Geth, and Collector forces, Progress in the mode also earned that player's reward in the Galaxy at War system that influences the outcome of Mass Effect 3's story. FYI, Galaxy at War has been rebalanced in Mass Effect Legendary Edition in light of multiplayer and the companion app being available. I was one of those strange ones that actually really enjoyed Mass Effect 3's multiplayer, so I would love to see it come back in the Legendary Edition. I'm currently working my way through Mass Effect 1, and my god, that game is still amazing. As always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, and this one is about Gears of War 3, but on a different console. Credit to Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. Long lost Gears of War 3 PS3 build released. It's 2021 and Gears of War 3 has been released for PlayStation 3, really, sort of. Last year, a long lost prototype of the Xbox console exclusive running on PS3 came to light, courtesy of self-proclaimed former hacker Pixelbuts. Eight hours of footage was released showing the build being played with only a couple of bugs. This footage is still available to view, yet Epic hasn't attempted to take it down. Now to celebrate 10 years since the build was created, Pixelbus has released it onto the internet via archive.org. You can download it yourself right now, though you'll need a PS3 dev kit to run it on. If you go and watch the videos, it's absolutely crazy to see this big Xbox exclusive running on a PS3 and being playable. 
Clearly, Epic wanted to release this, but then Microsoft swooped in and purchased the Gears of War license, and we never saw this come to pass. Crazy what could have been. Thank you all for listening to the Xbox and 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast service, share it with your friends, leave a review, and follow on all social media at Xbox and 10. This past week, I finished playing Resident Evil 8 Village, and my god, that is a top three favorite Resident Evil game. I absolutely loved it. I got my new LG OLED C1 gaming TV, and it is beautiful. If you're in the position and able to purchase a TV like this, please go with the LG OLED. It is absolutely gorgeous, and you won't regret it. I also, as I mentioned, started my Mass Effect 1 Legendary Edition run. Playing as a good male shepherd, and I love this game. It still holds up, and I can't wait to replay Mass Effect 2, which is one of my favorite games of all time. My name is Brian Rose. You can follow me on Xbox at Bros. 93. Hope you all have a great week. Stay safe and keep on gaming.